Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you with your home improvement projects. Help yourself first by picking up the phone and calling us at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Coming up on the program, spring is within sight. And if one of your spring goals is to unclutter your house, well, that's a really big project. Why not just start in the kitchen? We'll have some spring cleaning tips to get you going in just a bit. And also ahead, a septic tank is the original green waste disposal system. But if you don't maintain it, there could be trouble. We'll cover the steps you're going to need to take care of your septic system so it takes care of you. And as spring approaches, so does the home selling season. If you're considering selling your home this year, we'll have tips to help you figure out exactly what it's worth. Plus, one caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a Black & Decker 4-Power Toolkit, including lithium-ion batteries and a circular saw. It all comes with a bag so that you can keep all of your fantastic new tools right inside. It's a prize worth $179, going out to one caller drawn at random from those we speak to on today's show. So what are you waiting for? Pick up the phone. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Let's get to it. Leslie? Who's first? Sparky and George is on the line with a question about cleaning a bathroom. How can we help you today? I live in a subdivision, about 65 employees out in the country. I actually test the water on a daily basis for the chlorine and report that at the end of the month to the local provider. I've got a two-bedroom house. In one bathroom, I've got no problem with the water in the tank or the bowl. In the master bedroom, I've got the bathroom. Uh, where it's got a black ring, water ring, and I've replaced the water line, the inside of the water tank, replaced the entire bowl, and it continues to come up. Even after we clean the bowl, we still get that black water ring. So you're able to remove it, but it comes back. That's correct. And it only shows up on that bathroom and not others. That's correct. And the products that we've gotten from the sto- off the sh- store shelf uh, have not been able to help either. And we've naturally gone to the internet and says the more chlorine you put in it, the more that black ring will come back. But we clean the bath, both bathrooms with the same products. Are the toilets the same age? The same age. Yes. I've called the water company and they, they said they don't, they don't have a clue. And like I said, I'd sampled the water and tested every day for the monthly reports. I wonder if there's something different about the porcelain finish on that toilet. For example, if it if one if, if if one toilet's finish was maybe it was scrubbed more over the years and as a result it's worn off some of its porcelain so it's a bit more porous and becomes more of a trap 
for uh, bacteria to kind of grow in. And I'm speculating here. I'm kind of shooting from the hips, Barky, because I know that uh, that you've tried all of the all of the sort of normal things. But it's confusing that it happens just in this one particular bathroom with this one particular toilet. I guess given everything that you've done, have you considered just replacing the toilet and seeing if that does it? Well, that we've done. In fact, I've got to go back and, and you may be onto something because one one bowl is round, which is the one issue that we've got. The other bathroom, it is oblong. So they were two, same manufacturer, but two different bowls. That would be the only thing that seems left because you've done everything else. I was just wondering if there was some product on the market other than Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah. Look, there's a lot of products that clean this, but it's not going to stop it from coming back. I mean, the, the go-to product for me is CLR. Have you used that yet? No, I have not. So that's that's an old standby. Take take a look at CLR calcium. It stands for calcium, lime, and rust. It basically is the, one of the best toilet bowl cleaners out there, inexpensive, and and give that a shot. But if it continues to develop that issue, I might consider replacing the toilet if it's really bothersome. Either that, or get one of those uh, get one of those tidy bowl men with the blue dye, so you just don't notice it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, Sparky. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Laura in South Carolina, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? We have uh, a deck on the back of our house that we, about two years ago, put a product on it that makes it like an anti-slip texture. And the coating is starting to chip off in big chunks. So we were thinking about using that deck over or over deck, I think it's called. And when we were at Home Depot, we noticed that they have something else that was an option. They're actually foot-squared tiles. They're like a thick rubber that you actually use glue to adhere onto the deck, and then you cover your deck that way. My concern is, if you apply that onto the deck, will that rot the wood? Well, Laura, I'm not familiar with rubber tiles, but there are polypropylene tiles or plastic tiles or composite tiles that are on the market that are designed to cover old decks. And the way these work is they sit on top of the deck boards and they usually lock together. And some of them are quite attractive. There's a product called Cover Deck that comes in dozens of different uh, colors and shapes and designs that could look really neat. And it's not going to be slippery and it's going to look great. I am concerned if you're gluing something down to the wood deck, I agree that something like rubber glued to wood is bound to let some water underneath and it's certainly not going to evaporate. These composite tiles or the plastic tiles usually have a bit of space under them, which allows the wood to breathe and dry out. And then really that's the issue. If you hold water against it, you will get decay. So I would take a look at some of the tile products that allow you to cover these decks and probably avoid anything that's that's rubbery that you're going to glue down. Okay, so the glue is okay as long as there's a gap or some sort of gap between the wood. It's okay to cover it as long as there's airspace so it dries out. Okay, perfect. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call us with your home repair, your home improvement question, because spring is just around the corner, and we want to help you get your Money Pit in tip-top shape. We're here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Still to come, Realtors will tell you now is the time to get a jump on the spring market. But before you list your home, you need to determine what it's worth. Find out exactly how to do that 
with today's real estate tip of the week presented by the National Association of Realtors. That's coming up next. You live in a body pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Here to answer your calls to one eight 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 Money Pit and give you an opportunity to win the brand new Black & Decker four-piece power tool kit. It comes with a two-speed drill driver, a five-and-a-half-inch circular saw, a reciprocating saw, a flashlight, two lithium-ion batteries, a charger, and a storage bag. The Black & Decker four-piece power tool kit is worth $179. It's going out to one lucky caller drawn at random. So let's get to it at 888-MONEY-PIT. Greg in Washington is on the line and wants to heat his home with a wood stove. Tell us about your money pit. Well, sure. Uh, I heat my home with the wood stove, and it's about uh, 10 years old, the stove is, and it's a pretty good quality stove, uh, and it's the main uh, source of heat for my house, but I've been really disappointed in it. The house is drafty, and um, when the fire dies down, the, the house cools down in a hurry, um, and I've had the insulation checked out, so it's well insulated. And I think the problem is the wood stove. Right now, the air intake for the combustion chambers at the bottom of the stove, and so it's taking in room air. And I think that's causing a draft. And I've talked to a lot of our neighbors. Uh, you know, where we live, there's lots of wood, so a lot of people heat with wood. And they all say it would make a big difference if I were to hook up the stove to an out side source, I'd be taking, you know, cold air from the outside in. So I went down to our dealer where I bought the stove and basically told me he could sell me what I'm looking for, but I'm going to be disappointed. And his reason is that right now we're taking air into the combustion chamber that's about 60 degrees or so. And if I add the outside intake, I'll be taking air into, let's say, 20 or 30 degrees in temperature, and I'll be spending a lot of... Um, Energy is heating the air from the outside. He recommended not to do it. So the question is, is your opinion this would be worthwhile to do or not? Most modern uh, fireplace and wood stove systems include a combustion air intake. In fact, in in some cases it's required. So I wouldn't necessarily um, take the the dealer's advice on this. I know that if you improve energy efficiency, it's always going to improve include a combustion air intake because otherwise you've paid to heat all of that hair air sort of once and now you're going to pay to heat it again because you're taking it up the chimney does that make sense yes sure does yes so if there's a way that you can put a combustion air intake there i would definitely do that because you're right that wood stove will depressurize the house and frankly it's probably pulling more air in from the outside anyway you're probably pulling that cold air in anyway you're just pulling it through all the gaps around your doors and windows and other spaces like that. Right. It's really drafty by the doors and windows. You're right. Yeah, because it's depressurizing. So why not just give it the combustion air and see what happens? Okay, because I've estimated it cost about $600 to do this. and probably means it cost $800 the time I'm done. So I didn't know if they'd really see much difference. I, I think it'll probably make you a lot more comfortable. Okay, I think I'll try that then. All right, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Well, it's time now for today's real estate tip of the week presented by the National Association of Realtors. And today's topic is perhaps one of the most important ones 
which is how to determine what your home is worth. That's right. If you're thinking of selling your home, you might be fantasizing about how much money you're going to pocket or how much you'll need to pay off your current mortgage and still be left with something for a down payment on your next house. Well, before your fantasies run amok, you need to realize that in the purest sense, the truest value of your home is only what a buyer will pay. Now, there are a lot of numbers out there that might be confusing, but most of those numbers will certainly not determine the value of your home. And this includes the property tax assessment, the homeowner's insurance value, the mortgage balance, or even how much you paid when you bought it. A realtor can do a comparative market analysis, also called a CMA, that's going to help you estimate your home's value. Now, preparing a CMA is both an art and a science. While it's based on actual data, it also requires local market knowledge and an intuition about which homes you want to compare Now, most realtors will look for a recent sale of homes that are similar to yours, as well as homes that didn't sell to compare those values. And that's today's Real Estate Tip of the Week presented by the National Association of Realtors. Considering selling your home, today's market conditions might mean it's a good time. Every market's different. Call a Realtor today and visit Realtor.com. Now, we've got Joyce in Alabama on the line who's got a question about a sink odor. What's going on? Well, this is in a bathroom sink. It's about uh, 25 years old. It's a type that has three air vent holes in it or overflow holes in it, and the odor seems to be emanating primarily from there. It's a very musty odor, and I came down to that conclusion because I finally took some paper and stuffed up those holes, and things smelled much better in the bathroom that way. Well, sometimes what happens is you'll get some uh, bacteria that will grow in that overflow trap. So what I would suggest you do is this. That is to fill the sink up with hot water and add some bleach to it. And let the bleach very slowly trickle over that overflow. And so it saturates it, and hopefully that will kill that mold or that bacteria. Now, the other thing that you can do is you can take the bathroom sink trap apart and clean it out with a bottle brush. Now, some of the traps today are just plastic. They're easy to unscrew and put back together. Under the sink, sometimes you can clean that. And again, you get that that biogas that forms in there. If you clean it with a bleach solution, that usually makes things smell a lot better in the bathroom. Okay, Joyce? All right. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Mike in Delaware, you've got the money, but how can we help you today? Hi. Yes, I was wondering, I've got a maple tree that's growing right near my concrete driveway, and uh, it's starting to actually crack the driveway. I I like the tree. It provides nice shade um, for the house and keeps it cool during the uh, summertime. So I was just wondering if I have any other options besides uh, taking it down. Well, do you like the driveway? It's cracked, so I'd like to... I'd like to repair it, and I guess another question would be if I do repair it, then how much, like, rebar or how thick should it be in order to prevent a cracking in the future? Well, the options would be take the tree down, which you don't want to do, uh, replace the driveway with one that can grow with the tree, like stone, like a stone driveway. Now, if you want to try to set up a scenario where it's driveway versus tree, then yes, you would have to use some sort of reinforced concrete. But eventually, if that tree wants to lift it, it will lift even the reinforced concrete. It'll lift the entire slab. It just won't crack it. Now, it could take many years for that to happen. But I think those are your options. Get rid of the tree, replace the driveway with something like stone, uh, which is going to you know give you some room to grow, so to speak, with that tree. 
Or if you do replace the driveway with concrete, you're going to have to reinforce the heck out of it. Uh, suggestion on the thickness of the concrete, how much? Uh, probably about five inches minimum, five to six inches, I would think, and with woven wire mesh throughout the entire thing. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Debbie in Illinois is on the line with a cleaning question. How can we help you? My question is about ceramic tile. What is the very best way to clean the grout? Uh, we have a house that's been, uh, it's about nine years old, and uh, I just need to clean my grout. So what color has the grout turned? Do you think it's like a mold or mildew situation, or do you think that it's just dirty? I think it's dirty. Just dirty, yeah. And was it white to begin with? No, it was tan, and it's just a little darker tan. Uh, the ceramic tile is tan, and so it's just it was a coordinating tan that went with the tile. So there are a couple of options. You can get grout cleaner or grout stripper, which are commercially available products. And the stripper is a little more aggressive. And you can put it on, let it sit, and then you work it with a brush until you get the grout to the color that you want it. But the key final step is to make sure that once you get it clean and it's really dry, is to seal it at that point because that will keep it cleaner longer. The sealers are silicone-based, and they sort of soak into the grout, and they stop it from being quite as absorbent, and they help you shed some of the dirt and grime that will follow. Okay, so um, I've also seen that they advertise that like a steamer is a good way to do that. Would you not recommend a steamer on it? I don't think a steamer is going to help you by itself. I mean, warm, hot water and steam is not going to make the difference. What you need is the right product to lift the dirt and the debris out of the grout that's there. Okay, and would you recommend a certain type of grout stripper? You might want to take a look at the products by Tile Lab, Tile L-A-B. Those are sold at the Home Depot. All right, awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate your help. You're welcome, Debbie. Wade in South Dakota, you've got the money, but how can we help you today? Hi, I was curious about um, calcium deposits showing up in my, basically just my hot water returns um, coming out of the kitchen uh, kitchen sink, bathroom sink, and I've noticed it in my washer inlet hose as well. Is there a good way to prevent that or stop that from happening? Well, it sounds like hard water, and you might need a water softener. That white stuff is mineral deposits that's trapped inside the water, and as it dries out, it can cake on those fixtures and those faucets. It makes them difficult to clean, and in the worst-case scenario, it can clog up some lines too. So you might want to think about water treatment options. Now, one of the easiest is a product called Easy Water, and it's a water softener that mounts near your main water line and electronically it essentially charges the hard water particles and 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 magnetize them in the sense that they don't stick together anymore and that helps them sort of flow right out so take a look at that product easy water you can find it online i believe it's easywater.com um another quick question about um i replaced the anode rod in my water heater and i noticed that some of the similar stuff was kind of chipping off of that my old rod Does, would that have anything to do with it or would that help it no that's just a, that's just a more evidence of hard water that's just another place the hard water and the mineral deposits collected on that anode rod so it's all sourcing from the water quality itself you need to address the water quality if you want to address the mineral deposits okay that makes sense good luck with that project wade thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit Coming up, septic tanks, you know, they take care of our plumbing system, but only when we take care of them. This old house plumbing expert, Richard Trithui, is joining us with tips next.
Hi, I'm Roger Cook, landscaping contractor for This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. If you want to grow more confident in taking care of your money pit, tune in to Tom and Leslie every week for great ideas on saving money and maintaining your home. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com. Making good homes better? Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we would love for you to check out our new Pin to Win sweepstakes, which is live right now on our Facebook page. And I know everyone is ready for spring, but are you ready for spring cleaning? Well, we've got four great tips to help you get started, and all you have to do is pin at least one of the tips to your Pinterest board for a chance to win one of three gift cards for the Home Depot. We've got $100, $150, and $250 just waiting for you. Check it out at Facebook.com slash The Money Pit. So it's not a homeowner's favorite thing to do, but if you've got a septic tank, taking care of it is crucial. Otherwise, you will have a giant mess on your hands. Well, that's possible. And here with tips on how to keep your septic system happy is Richard Trithui, the plumbing and heating expert for TV's This Old House. And is this the first time you've ever had happy septic systems and your introduction in the same sense? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's a good day. You know, it is the kind of thing that we'd like to have out of sight, out of mind, but there could be some signs that a septic system fails what are we looking out for well if it's going to it's going to fill that front lawn or wherever the septic system is because it's no longer going to perk through the ground what what and when you say perk you mean absorb absorb right, right. you know maybe we should do a little definition yeah, that, explain the okay. whole process because i think so a lot when, of people get when confused. the plumbing leaves your house it's going to have liquids and solids and it's going to go into a septic tank and those solids want to remain in that septic tank and then natural bacteria uh, fed mostly by oxygen, will break down those solids into a liquid. And then the liquid will continue on through a thing called a leach field, which is a series of horizontal pipes perforated that will be below the ground. And then the remaining water should just be able to drip gently down through the aquifer and down into the ground and properly properly used, meaning not overused, not... Uh, Properly sized for the amount yeah, of people, absolutely. the amount of bathrooms. The, the natural, right. the na- and depends on the ground that you're going into and, and its ability to hold water, these systems could run and run and run and never have an issue because that bacteria keeps on breaking down the solids and keeping things running. But they can fail, and when you do, it's a crisis. Dig up the whole front lawn. It's a major impact. you got to call the local... Uh, health authorities to be sure you can do the new one and everything else. So it's a big deal. So people that have it, I think 25% of American houses have some form of septic system. And you just want to be careful about what goes down the building, down the down the pipes. You never want any paints or solvents or anything that could ever touch that bacteria. That bacteria has to be stay in that tank to stay hungry. And if you do anything to kill any of the bacteria, all of a sudden you got an issue and you got to have to dig it up or clean it up. 
Now, I've seen systems where they've actually split off the, the gray water in the house, which is the yeah. non-sort of sewage water. Yeah. Water, for example, that comes from a washing machine yeah. where you tend to have yeah. a lot of bleach. Yeah. And they'll put that into a different type of field than the septic. And that the purpose of that is to keep that septic field alive and keep that tank alive and the bacteria alive There's, so yeah. it doesn't have an adverse effect. There's certainly a better chance of that. It's also They do it for two reasons, gray water. They also do it to save water and use it for uh, creative reuse. We did a story in San Francisco some years ago to take the water from the laundry and go out to a nice, beautiful garden out back. I thought gray water would be a bigger story than it has been. I think in so many parts of this country, water is not expensive enough yet. But is gray uh, water also shower water and when you're washing yeah, your hands? Yeah, yeah. And so really the only thing that's going to go out in the septic system would be the toilets and, mm-hmm. and uh, in, in the building. And there's some merit to that, that you could just keep keep the, that uh, material going into that septic tank, and you know that bacteria will keep running. Now, when it comes to pumping septic tanks, that's something that we hear very common. Yep. Uh, there's folks that recommend they be pumped every so many years. Yep. Do you think if, if it's, everything seems to be working fine, you can just leave it alone, or do you think it's a good idea to occasionally open the tank and pump it out? I don't know... I wouldn't recommend to proactively pump it out unless there was an issue, because okay. if that bacteria is running, I don't want to get the septic uh, lobby mad at me, but I, I mean, <laughs> but if that, if you're using it, you know, using the septic system and you're not overtaxing it and the water is percolating down through the ground and you've, that bacteria stays running, it should last for a long time. It should keep running. It's uh, sort of self-maintaining. But when... You know, when it goes bad or when you've got a building that's being taxed, too small of a septic system for too many fixtures inside the building, that tank won't be able to handle it. And then you call the pump guys and get it pumped out and start again. Now, what happens when you do an addition? Like, say you're adding a master bath. Will that be accommodated by the existing septic system? Or at that point, do you have to figure out another way? Leslie, the whole building code ties in the number of bathrooms has to be supported by the size of the septic system. So sometimes the septic system will limit your ability to add additional bedrooms or or add on uh, because you would tax the system. So that's sort of one of the measurement uh, devices that the towns have to keep from overdevelopment because you just don't want to tax that septic system. We're talking to Richard Trithui. He's the plumbing and heating expert on TV's This Old House about septic systems and how to maintain septic systems and how to make sure they do their job. Richard, the system design for septics hasn't changed a lot uh, in the last 20, 30, 40 years. Are there new systems out coming out today that are, are more efficient uh, in one way or another? Absolutely. This, this year on This Old House, we went down to... Uh, a test facility for alternative septic systems. And the, the, the race is on to find alternatives to the standard septic system. Uh, historically, it was either a, sep- a cesspool where you just dug a big pit and dumped it. Then around the post-war era, septic systems were the, um, the rage. These alternatives are quite interesting. We're going to do a story this year about a self-contained sewage treatment plant that can go into any house. So now imagine that there is no leaching field and there's no septic system. Everything happens inside a series of tanks where uh, liquids and solids come Which into are the stored f- indoors? Indoors. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's above ground. And so it goes into the first tank and the solids remain the, the, at oxygen all the time to sort of keep that bacteria really fed and happy. And then you go through a series of tanks. And by the time you come through the last two tanks, it goes through this membrane that's so fine that only water molecules can pass through this membrane. And what happens is that the water is so clean on the discharge... It can be consumed. It wow. Can be, it can be drunk. <laughs> so it's in the scene we just did, 
It's quite an interesting. Do you, do you take a big I didn't take a sip of it. I didn't take a sip of it, but the, the expert did, and he's still standing. So, but what you could do now, imagine that you could use that water for drip irrigation or right. lawn irrigation, sure. or even use it for the equivalent of gray water to flush toilets. Huh. That's really interesting. So there's a lot that technology is offering us moving forward in the future, right. and we may completely potentially eliminate the need for the septic tank and the septic right. field right. in the traditional sense outside right. the house. You know, we've got millions and millions of lakes in this country. And there's all, everybody wants to have a, a lakefront property. And there's a real issue there. How do you let people live near the lake when their septic system could then leach into it? So the, these alternatives have great promise for those places, you know, where you can protect that natural resource of that beautiful lake, but still let everybody live. That's great. Richard Trithui, the plumbing and heating expert on TV's This Old House. Great advice. Very interesting. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Great to see you. All right. You can catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House is brought to you by GMC. GMC, we are professional grade. Still ahead, want to get more organized? Then start tossing. We've got a list of stuff that you can get rid of right now to get the ball rolling next. You live in a body pit. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. One caller we talked to on the air has got a chance to win a $180 four-piece power toolkit from Black & Decker. It includes a circular saw, a reciprocating saw, a drill driver, a flashlight, two lithium-ion batteries, and a carrying case. It's a great prize from Black & Decker that goes to one caller we helped today. The number again is one eight 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 money pit Well, did you make a resolution to get your home a little better organized? Maybe you already tossed out your old clothing, books, and other stuff that you just don't use or need anymore. But did you take stock of what you don't use in your kitchen? It's definitely a place that's left off of the list for the most part. And the scary thing is, not tossing out stuff you don't use there could be dangerous. Well, here are a few tips to help you figure out how to declutter and organize one of the busiest rooms in the house. First, you want to empty every drawer and cabinet and make two piles, keep and toss. What do you keep? Well, grains, dried beans, pasta, and canned goods that are less than a year old. What do you toss? Spices more than a year old, dried fruit, and nuts older than six months. And remember, when in doubt, throw it out. That's right. And now is a great time to assess if your system is working for you. You know, it could be a good time to pick up some storage containers or devices like under cabinet racks or baskets. Take a look at your junk drawer, too. If you've got gadgets that you haven't used in a couple of years, it might be time to get rid of them. You know, maybe you just need to purge those late night impulse infomercial purchases. I know you've got them. Also, if you're storing medications in your kitchen, get them in a medicine chest in the bathroom where they belong. And while you're at it, check the expiration dates on those two and toss out the outdated ones. Spend time cleaning before you put everything back and you should be good to go until next year. And for more spring cleaning tips, visit MoneyPit.com. Robin in South Dakota needs help keeping a basement dry. Tell us what's going on. What we've got going on is I'd like to insulate the basement, but before we do that, I'd like to seal it from water. Uh, Several years ago, I had dug up all around the outside of the house and put on that uh, tar substance, and 
that didn't do it. So I was just seeing if that spray on poly spray would do both for me, It'd both seal the basement up from uh, water coming in and also to insulate for me. Do you have more water problems when you get like a heavy snow melt or a big rainstorm or something like that? Yeah, that is what's coming in. It's it's the rain, actually the rain hitting the foundation wall coming in is what causes it. It's not groundwater coming up. Well, typically the reason the basements leak is because when you have a heavy rain, water collects around the foundation perimeter. And many folks do try to seal walls from the outside or from the inside, but we found it far easier and more effective to simply take some steps to divert that water away from the walls. If you take a look at our website, moneypit.com, in fact, on the homepage, this is con- we have the, the list of the most viewed articles. This is constantly in the top 10 articles, and that is the step-by-step advice on how to stop a wet basement. But generally speaking, you're going to do a couple of things. First of all, you're going to examine the foundation perimeter of your home and look carefully at the grade. You want the soil to slope away about six inches over four feet. So you want kind of a 10-degree slope, and you want to make that slope happen with clean fill dirt, not topsoil because it's too organic. Secondly, and perhaps most importantly, you want to take a look at your gutter system. First, you need to have enough downspouts. You need one downspout for every 600 to 800 square feet of, of roof surface. Next, those gutters obviously have to be clean, and the downspouts have to be extended four to six feet away from your house. Now, most of the time when downspouts are installed, they turn into a splash block and go out maybe a couple of feet. What happens is the water runs down there, does a U-turn, and just saturates the foundation and leaks through the block wall, which is you know, very hydroscopic, very absorbent, and will show up uh, as a leak inside. We've seen situations where just one downspout can cause an issue of flooding, And that water can either come through the wall and fall or it can go under the floor and come up. But if your basement is leaking consistent with rainfall, it is always, always, always due to grading and drainage on the outside. So address that and your problem will go away. Okay. Sounds good. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, as many of us learn this winter, snow on the roof could be pretty to look at, but not so safe. Learn how to remove it and protect your home structure after this. Starting an outdoor staining project? Make it faster and easier with Floodwood Care Products. Start today at flood.com slash simplify and use the interactive selection guide to find the right Floodwood Care products for your project. Flood, simple across the board. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we would love for you to take a look at our brand new Pin to Win sweepstakes on the Money Pit Facebook page. If you pin at least one of the four spring cleaning tips on your Pinterest page, you'll be entered to win one of three great gift cards from the Home Depot. And we've got tips on stain removal, natural cleaning products, and the dreaded grout cleaning. Check it out at facebook.com slash the money. 
Money Pit and share the sweeps to earn bonus entries. And while you're online, you can also post your question in our community section. That's what Joe did from New Jersey. Joe says, I recently heard about a brownstone in Brooklyn that had the roof collapse from too much snow. What should I do to make sure that the snow on the roof isn't dangerous if I'm on the top floor of a rental or multiple family home? I'm a bit nervous with all the snow we've had. Well, Joe, you're smart to be a little nervous. And unfortunately, since you're a tenant, I'm not sure that you have much control over this. But for those that are homeowners, what we would suggest is this. If you've got a low slope roof or a flat roof and you get a heavy snow, it is a good idea to get that snow off of the roof. Now, you can use a snow rake for that, which if you've got access, you can do from the roof edge or perhaps even from the ground if it's got a bit of a pitch. If it's a flat roof and it's got walls that surround it, of course, that's just an old-fashioned shoveling job. But the reason that you're doing this is because when you get snow that melts, it gets very heavy. And then especially if a rain follows, well, that's a perfect storm because if rain falls on top of a fresh snowfall, What happens is the rain really can't drain, and it gets even heavier. That's when we get roof collapses. So you're smart to be concerned from inside the house. Keep an eye peeled for any type of structural issues. Listen for sounds of structural movement, the grunting, the groaning, the creaking. And also, if you see any sagging, that's something you should be immediately concerned about. But best course is to simply get that snow off the roof. If you're concerned, I would address it to your landlord, and I would do so in writing just in case. Oh, my goodness. All right. Next up, we've got one from Priscilla in Georgia who posted, Our laundry room is in the garage. With the unusually cold temperatures, our pipe that supplies water to the washer keeps freezing. Fortunately, it hasn't burst. We have to keep a space heater in there, though, just to keep it warm enough that it doesn't freeze and so we can have a water supply to continue to do our laundry on a regular basis. Is there anything else I can do? I hate leaving the space heater on too long or unattended. That sounds so dangerous, especially in the garage. And it sounds very expensive, too. Well, one thing that you could do is you could add heat tape to the plumbing pipes in the garage. Now, obviously, it's not the best choice for a place for laundry, but since it's there, you follow the manufacturer's instructions exactly. Um, Heat tape will only come on when it gets below freezing, and it will keep the pipe warm. And I just did this uh, on a project for a friend of mine, and the manufacturer's instructions were to apply the heat tape. You can't cross it. You have to put it, like, against the pipe. You tape it on there, and then you insulate around it. It's designed to work with insulation. And this way, whenever it gets super cold, you could plug in that heat tape, leave it on through that chilly period, but don't leave it on 24-7 when the chilly time uh, goes away. You want to unplug it then. But this way, in the super cold, we get one of those polar vortex situations, you can always plug it in. That will keep the pipes warm and hopefully free-flowing. Yeah, Priscilla, I really wouldn't leave a space heater unattended, so definitely look into a secondary option because that is just a fire waiting to happen. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We hope that we've spurred on your home improvement projects with some tips and some ideas. And we are available 24-7 with more of just that at moneypit.com. Or you can also call anytime at 1-888-MONEYPIT. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.
You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.